Hi, welcome to Misdeeds and Intrigue. I'm your host, Larissa. And I'm your host, Carrie. We have so much to get to today. Two brothers trying to bury a painful hatchet by order of their father, the king. To begin with, they looked uncomfortable in each other's presence, but an invitation from Prince William had the brothers and wives cast aside their falling out to help a country heal. That's what surprised us all. They, they, were all, they were all together. At the gates of Windsor Castle, Meghan tentatively walked across the gravel driveway. Harry quickly sidestepped the group to be by her side. The Duchess of Sussex seen nervously playing with her hair as a courtier explains what happens next. Harry and Meghan hand in hand, rarely letting go of each other as they somberly strode towards the castle gates with the Prince and Princess of Wales. Since choosing to leave England, today was risky for Meghan. As she moved across the crowd, handshake to handshake, a lady in a navy shirt kept her hand on the fence, refusing to even make eye contact, a royal snub in any language. Who do you think proposed that Meghan and Harry walk with William and Kate? Where do you think that came from? Charles? Maybe a last wish of the Queen? Yeah, I think Charles is the one that's been kind of pushing William to be the bigger guy. And they are, I think the royal family is between a rock and a hard place because they know King Charles is not. Right now he has residual of this honeymoon period because people are respecting and celebrating him out of respect for the Queen. But he wasn't popular in his own right. There was even talk at one point about skipping over him. Yeah. I think it's like emotional blackmail because if they don't keep in with them, even though they basically said, we will not come back unless we get a full apology because everything mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi or Scobie or whatever his name is, <laughs> whatever he says is basically coming direct from them. Yeah. So they were like, listen, she has a diary. She's going to talk, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's emotional blackmail because no matter what they do, if they don't, if they, you don't want to negotiate with terrorists, but they kind of have to in order to kind of but anything they say or can do can be used against them. When they went running back to Oprah's friend there and was saying about how after the interview aired about how, you know, the royal family was upset or whatever. It's like, you can't trust them. You can't trust them. There's nothing as private. William is devastated by this interview. On Tuesday, CBS Morning anchor Gail King, who is a close friend of Oprah Winfrey and attended Meghan Markle's baby shower when she was pregnant with Archie, opened up on the morning news program about a conversation she says she had with Meghan and Prince Harry following their interview with Oprah that aired earlier this month. Well, I'm not trying to break news, but I did actually call them to see how they were feeling. And it's true. Harry has talked to his brother and he has talked to his father, too. Uh, the word I was given was that the, those conversations were not productive, but they are glad that they're, they have at least started a conversation. And now a source is telling E.T., Prince William is deeply distressed that the couple decided to share private family conversations with Gail. The talk at the palace is that they are absolutely horrified by what has been said. They feel that Harry has literally thrown the family under a bus. Is she publishing the diary? She has talked about it. I know it was an article in Star or, you know, in touch one of those magazines was saying, Megan's publishing her deepest secrets of her diary. 
just think that would be a silly thing to do. Well, they think, I really think they just keep thinking if they hear our side, they're going to side with us. And it's, and I think they thought they were going to do all these public works and they realized no one's really interested unless it's about the Royal family. So they got to keep, exactly. they got to keep exploiting that. If you look at a diary over the course of time, the time that she spent with the Royal family and in the Royal family would warrant maybe two chapters. Oh yeah. Because it's that brief period of time. No one really cares about the rest of the book because, you know, I mean, We've heard it's not that fascinating. No. It's, everyone's going to skip straight. So that makes me think, okay, it's, it's going to be about her time with the Royals and not her whole life. Because let's be honest, she's pretty young. There's no, you know, to write a memoir now would be silly. Well, she's bemoaning more about the Royals, she's been outside of the Royals since they've left than she actually was in it. And they're yes, still going she's been on. Long, she's been out longer than she was in it. Yeah, yes, exactly. And I do think, I think it is very divisive in the family because Charles and William want to minimize the role of Andrew. And so then you have his daughters now going on the side of Harry because, you know, they see kind of what's happened with their dad mm -hmm. and even about him being able to wear ceremonial dress and he wanted to come back. And he was, oh, he was so, if you, again, I think on Tuesday or it might've been on our last episode, you'll actually hear him speak. He's so freaking obnoxious and entitled and elitist, yes. like a pompous. You did get that meeting at Buckingham Palace. Absolutely. And the weird thing is, and you talk about this in the book, which is astonishing, is that there's he brings his daughter in with well, him. And you're going to be talking about really awkward, embarrassing things. Well, it was really... Yeah, it was something else. Because, I mean, yeah. you know, Emily was sitting here, let's imagine. Yes. Um, and your Prince Andrew, sorry, oh, Lorraine, let's God. take a moment. Okay. Sorry, I apologise. <laughs> At least you're not sweating in the heat. Um, and then, suddenly, we didn't know we were going to get this special guest. My deputy editor was there, Stuart McLean. And he goes, well, I've brought someone with me. Now, I'm an ex-criminal defence barrister, and I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be a lawyer. This is over. Yes. They're going to say, no show. Mm. And then... It's Princess Beatrice. And imagine speaking about the things that we had to talk about in that tiny room with her sitting there face to face next to her father, accused of those heinous acts. I mean, so awkward, so incredibly awkward. What became evident, and you, again, in the book, talk about this and that, that insight is, is, is astonishing, is how he was unprepared for this. Mm. But not unprepared in a naive way, unprepared, I think, in a very arrogant way, mm. as if he didn't have to. Because, you know, you'd done your homework. Emily, obviously, obviously had done her homework, absolutely. of course. And you knew where you were going to go with it. And he just seemed as if, oh, he hadn't, he hadn't really bothered. He hadn't, hadn't realised how serious it was. Well, here's the astonishing thing, Lorraine. I actually think they did prepare. Oh, I really? Feel, wow. I feel that they spent the time between the Tuesday, which was when we were told the green light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Thursday when the interview happened, Saturday you guys saw it for the first time. They had 48 hours. And believe it or not, those were the answers after preparation. Crikey. The most jaw-dropping thing is that afterwards, when you'd all sort of sitting there thinking, I cannot believe he said that, um, and the fact that he thought he'd done a good job. Not only that, everybody round about him thought he'd done a good well, job. Well, that was astonishing. So there's a bit at the end. I mean, it's a bit awkward, as, as you would say. You know, you finish that interview. It is the most terrible interview that anybody probably has <laughs> ever given, you know, yeah. this year, this decade, this century. And I turned to this lovely woman next to me. She was an ecury. Apparently, that's a royal executive assistant. Oh, She'd okay. been delightful to me. And I don't really know what to say. Because what do you say? So I choose my words carefully, slightly high-pitched. <laughs> so, um, so how do you think it went? And she responds, wasn't he wonderful? I think it's very divisive with them. 
I think Anne is probably, Anne is like no nonsense. Oh, she, yeah. And Princess Anne's reaction in New Mexico? What about Anna? I don't know, you tell me. Your reaction to her having a son? I didn't know she had one. This morning. She's like, they said, what do you think about Diana? What about her? She just had a son. Well, you know what? I mean, good for her. You know more than I do. I mean, she is like, she's hardcore. And then she went to go rescue the, uh, what year did that happen when she rescued that guard who fell face plant in the middle of the square? I don't even know, but but you could just see her little figure running out there. I'm like, yeah, that's definitely. And even even when they were walking behind, you know, the queen's casket, during one of these transitions from, God, I can't, I think it was up to Scotland. You see Andrew in his, he basically had a morning coat on with his medals and not even all the medals he's supposed to have. But I did see he was in his military uh, wardrobe the other day. Why did they let him, like, are there certain occasions if he's indoors in the church or on the grounds, he can wear it? Like what? I think they're allowing him to wear it twice. And that was inside the church. Um, Oh, by the way, uh, the one episode I was just mentioning, which I think is Tuesday. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't, if it's not Tuesday, then it was posted this last week. He's saying that he had to slip in there. The reason why he doesn't sweat was because it happened to him with adrenal, with too much adrenaline when he served in the war. Like he had to be like, I'm a war hero. Yeah. I was like, I've never heard any soldier. And again, I'm not trying to be a know-it-all, but I have volunteered a lot in VA hospitals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in the military 22 years. I never heard anybody say one of their symptoms. They don't sweat. Now I lost part of my sense of smell. Yeah. The sweating thing is such, I mean, it's just, it's not, ugh. yeah. In order, he's never going to come back from that. And in order to come back from that, he should just say, listen, I made some very poor decisions. I deserve what I've gotten. I am learning yeah. from it. It will never happen again. I am sorry. Move on. But as long as he denies it and makes up all these corny excuses why it's not him and why he didn't do anything, this is going to follow him around for the rest of his life. Mama, you just got me so high. Someone stop me. I think maybe we should do this every After notably failing to mention their father in last month's ITV documentary on Diana, Princess William and Harry have now spoken about the role Prince Charles played in the days immediately after their mother's death. The brothers were at Balmoral when they were told what happened on that night in 1997. Their father was, said Harry, there for us. He tried to make sure we were protected, he said. And both princes support the decision of the Queen to keep them in Scotland away from the public and press. And William describes feeling completely numb when he was told what had happened to his mother in Paris. It would either make or break you. And I wouldn't let it break me. I wanted it to make me. I wanted her to be proud of the person I would become. I didn't want her worried or her legacy to be that, you know, William and or Harry were completely and utterly devastated by it. The princes also give their thoughts for the first time on the public displays of emotion which swept across the country during the week before Diana's funeral. William! William! William says it was peculiar that people were, as he puts it, wailing in the streets when they'd never met his mother. And he describes how people wanted to grab him and his brother. They talked too of the decision to walk behind their mother's coffin. William said it was the hardest thing he's ever done. Harry said, on reflection, he is glad 
that he was part of it. But still, after 20 years, there is anger about how some of the paparazzi treated Diana right up until the moment she died. She'd had a, a quite a severe head injury, but she was very much still alive on the back seat. And those people that, that caused the accident, instead of helping, were taking photographs of, of her dying on the back seat. And then those photographs made, made their way back to, uh, to news desks in this country. Next week, Diana's sons will mark the anniversary here at Kensington Palace in the garden which has been created in her name. Recent polls have shown the focus on Diana has had a negative impact on her former husband. Prince Charles, however, has been helped by the very public words of support from his youngest son.